Welcome back to the Magna Vita Show. I'm Alex Olson, and every week we listen to hours of the best podcasts about personal and professional success so that you don't have to. We present the best practices and principles empowering us to build a great life. Last week we talked about resilience and authenticity. This week the best podcast talked about public speaking and comparison. So to get started for the bonus for this week, wanted to share a public speaking framework that I learned at the Kennedy School from Stephen Crouppen, and he was one of President Obama's speechwriters. And you might be thinking public speaking is super narrow and you're never going to be doing this, but I actually think it's incredibly useful for any type of application or interview that you might be doing. So it's, it's really simple and it's just three questions. And it's why you, why us, why now? So what he meant by that is, let's break it down question by question. He said that anytime you're giving a speech, your audience is going to ask these three questions. So the first one, why you? They want to know why are you the one delivering this speech? Why does it matter to you? But what you're really trying to get at with this is credibility. Why are you the authority on this topic? And it can even be more simple than that. Just why do you care? The second question is why us? So why are you speaking to us? Why are we the right audience for this? And you're really trying to build connection with this by answering this question. And the last one is why now? And why is this important that you share this message right now? Why is it relevant and why does it really matter? And so another way you can look at this, he said that a great speech is one that only you can give to only us and only now. So I hope that helps as you're thinking about your next interview, your next framework, your next speech, that you can think about those three questions. Why you, why us, and why now? The first podcast from this week is a new one and it's called Stuff You Should Know. It's really popular and they have some really interesting episodes where they'll do a lot of research and then they'll deep dive into an interesting topic. So this week they shared one about public speaking, about the fear of public speaking. And I thought it was really interesting. They shared how people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of dying. And so Jerry Seinfeld jokes that this means that at a funeral, people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. And what was interesting is they talk about how social anxiety disorders, they're, they're centered around the amygdala in the brain, which controls our fight or flight mechanism. And so we come to fear the actual fear of public speaking more than the actual act of public speaking. And they've done studies and they've shown that it's the same hormones are released in our brain as if we saw a bear or if we were being attacked by a bear. So we think that we're in harm and we're in danger and we ha think we need to either fight or flight, but it's really not the case. Instead, we can overcome these fears by gently exposing ourselves to them. They recommended on the show cognitive behavioral therapy which is very similar to mindfulness, but it's with a, a therapist or someone that can help step you through it. 
And they said another way to overcome it is to really know the material that you're talking about and to be prepared so that you're comfortable with it. And I think that framework that we shared before hopefully will help where you can feel that you're the right person to deliver that message to the right audience at the right time. The next podcast is The Art of Manliness. They interviewed Jillian Sandstrom, who's a professor of psychology. And she had, the, the title of the episode is Why You Should Talk to Strangers. So it's building on this idea of public speaking and how to get outside of our comfort zone. And it really had some great uh, actionable tips. And so I just wanna share those quickly. But first, I thought it was really interesting. Jillian said, that. To talk to strangers, we overestimate our own weaknesses and shortcomings. She said that when we go into a situation, so often we think, oh, I'm just not good at this, or this person won't like me. But she said that when people are, are reaching out and when they're trying to talk with us, or they're trying to do something, that other people really want us to, to succeed. And so we shouldn't diminish our own self-worth we shouldn't put ourselves down before we even get in that situation. And then she shared five great tips for how we can talk with strangers. And so again, this might seem like it's narrow and not very applicable, but I think constantly in work, we'll have to reach out to others or maybe school or with our family or friends. We'll have to reach out and help people. And we might not always be comfortable doing that, but hopefully these five tips can help. So number one, she said, just be brave. And remember that people like you more than you think. Number two, she said, we need to comment on something that we have in common, like the weather or the location, to build that foundation. Number three, she recommend that we give someone a compliment. She said, just by looking for a compliment, it can shift our focus to the other person. I'm a really big proponent of this. I think it's a great way to break the ice and to build some rapport. But I also think you don't want to, you don't want to make it uncomfortable for that person. So you want to give a compliment and then help them with the next thing that they can say. So for example, you don't want to go up to someone and just say, "Hey, that's a great scarf. It looks re really nice." Instead, you could ask them, "Hey, that's a great scarf. Where's it from? Or where did you get it from?" The fourth tip is to use your curiosity. So she said in a situation, you really wanna search for those cues or you wanna search for those things that you have in common. And the fifth tip, she said, is to remember that you are brightening someone's day. So I know that's fluffy and it seems kind of weak maybe, but I love that, that the, again, it shifts the focus from our own fear and uncomfortable feelings it shifted away from that to the other person. So instead of thinking about how uncomfortable it is for me, it can shift it to how can I help this person? And I really liked, she said we just need to be patient and okay with the fact that it might go slow at first. But she said as we do it, over time we'll get better and it will be more comfortable. I have another new podcast to share with you. It's, it's called Hidden Brain. And it's a really good NPR podcast where they do great research on, on really interesting things. Uh, so for example, this week, the title is Why Nobody Feels Rich. And it, it, so moving to the comparison part of this episode, 
I thought it was made some great points. It, so it started out by saying that we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and to see how people have more than us. And, and I think that's pretty intuitive, that makes sense. But they made the great point that if we are earning $50,000 a year, then we're in the top 1% globally. But people in America, we don't feel that way if we're making $50,000 a year. Instead, we feel poor or like we're not making enough. And, and they said that comparisons to other people is one of the major stressors in people's lives and that it can lead to crime and other negative health outcomes. They said that comparing ourselves is a recipe for unhappiness. Theodore Roosevelt, he famously said that comparison is the thief of joy. But they made the good point that it's really not that simple. They, they broke comparison up to downward social comparison and upward social comparison. So they said downward social comparison, when we look at those who aren't as fortunate, can make us feel really grateful for what we have. But it can also be demotivating because we can see how far we've already come. Upward social comparison, on the flip side, it can be motivating as we can see what's possible and what other people have achieved. But it can also lead to unhappiness and frustration. And taking that a step further, I've been thinking a lot about comparison because I think it's such a big part of social media and it can really lead to so much anxiety and frustration and it's something that I've struggled with before but I also think that comparison can be really good that I've only been able to accomplish things in my life by looking at others to see what's possible for my so for example with my brothers when they both went to the Air Force Academy that showed me that it was possible for me so I think comparison is good, but we have to do it in the right way. So too often we compare our day one to somebody else's day 500. When we just get started, we're frustrated and we're upset and we look at other people who seem to have it all figured out. But we forget that it's taken them years of hard work and failure to get to that point. So hopefully that helps whether it's on social media or someone that you look up to. Hopefully we can compare to see what's possible, but that we can compare on the same level so that we don't get frustrated or upset, but instead it motivates us to reach our potential. The next podcast for this week is The Tim Ferriss Show. And this week he interviewed Kevin Sistrom, the founder of Instagram. And I was really impressed with Kevin's humility and just how smart and humble he was. Starting out, they talked about simplicity. And they said that Kevin talked about how important it is to do the simple thing first. And he said that we so often make our lives more difficult than they need to be. He made the point that the returns for more complex things in our life like planning for our retirement, they have diminishing returns. So he said with that, we wanna make sure we have a good foundation. We wanna make sure that we're ready for retirement, but we don't need to get into the weeds necessarily. He was saying that if we just do the simple things, we can get the majority of the returns. And I really liked, he said, we don't have time to make things complex. We have time to make things work. 
So I love that idea again of just keeping it as simple as possible. And he made the really great point that that's what made Instagram successful. It was interesting. They talked about in the beginning, Instagram was very different than it is now. It was a check-in app. And so you would go somewhere and you'd post a picture of yourself at that location. And the, the vision was that you would then share that with all your friends and then they would come meet you there. But what's interesting was he said that they got to what Instagram is now by reducing the number of features and to, they tried to anticipate the future and they anticipated that mobile phones and cameras would become really widespread, that everyone would have one in their pocket. And as they did that, they thought about what, is, what are people really gonna want? And they focused, he said, on what the world needed. And he, as he thought about that, he realized that there wasn't a good way to share pictures. And so that created Instagram, that focus on simplicity. I also really liked the lesson of, from Kevin's life about how he was accepted. So he went to Stanford and graduated from there. And while he was there, he was accepted into an entrepreneurship program that he really had no business being in. He talked about how he was underqualified for it, but that, that experience taught him two lessons. He said the first was to never expect no. So he didn't, he didn't say no for them. He didn't say, oh, I'm not qualified, I'm not gonna apply. Instead, he threw his name in the ring and he, he just tried and he th thought, what's the worst that could happen? They'll just say no and I'll try again next year. And the second lesson from this, he said that we really need to actually do the thing that we are trying to do. So while he was applying, he was also trying to start another company. And he said because he was in the arena fighting and trying to make it work, he said the people at the program recognized that and they decided to, the, to pick him. But what was interesting with, he talked about with companies and trying to build something, he said that timing is everything, that we can have the perfect idea and the perfect team, but the time might just be wrong. And so it's so important to not beat ourselves up if things don't go perfectly, that we might have done everything right, but the timing might just be off. And because of that, he talked a lot about failure and the need to learn from it. He said that many of the biggest successes in Silicon Valley pivoted or changed to become better. And to me, this shows that we shouldn't always just push through the pain, that instead we can learn from our failures and we can do something differently to get a different result. I thought it was really interesting. He talked about, because I think too often we think that these successful companies are just a genius idea that someone had and then because of that, everything was easy. But he gave the example, so we already talked about how Instagram had to change a lot. And he talked about how it was the same with YouTube, that in the beginning, YouTube was actually a dating site. But it, it wasn't a perfect idea. They had to change it and see what people actually wanted and what they actually needed. So Kevin said a key to entrepreneurship is failing really quickly. But this shows a paradox because I know for myself a lot of times I don't start because I'm afraid of failure so I don't learn. 
And so it was just a great reminder that we shouldn't fear failure, but we should anticipate it and try to fail as quickly as we can. I really liked getting to Kevin's humility. He talked about how the smartest people have tons of ideas, but they get as much feedback as possible. So they fail quickly and then they make it better or they leave it behind. He said, I'm more worried about being wrong than looking bad. So he's not afraid to admit when he's wrong or when he's failed because he wants to learn and he wants to get better because of it. And he said, it was really interesting, Kevin talked about how life after Instagram for him hasn't been all easy or hasn't been, I think he said, we assume that people don't struggle, especially successful people. But Kevin said, I still have as many failures now as I did before Instagram. I still have as much stress and worry. And that was a good reminder that things aren't perfect for anyone out there, that we're all fighting our own battles and we're all struggling in different ways. But we need to also try to believe in ourselves to keep going forward. He said that when he pitched Instagram, so when he started trying to sell it to people, he said that really smart people looked at him like he was an idiot for doing anything with pictures. They said this will never take off. There's already Facebook. There's already other ways that people can do this. But Kevin believed in what he was doing and he said he loved what he was doing. And that's what kept them going. It wasn't to win the approval of other people. It's that they were doing what they loved and what they thought really mattered. And I like Kevin said, there's no secret to getting back up, to going forward, that we just have to put in the hard work. But he said we can also create situations where we have no choice but to get back up and to move forward. And the last point from this, I thought it was really interesting. He talked about how his number one tip for entrepreneurs is to make sure you're actually solving a problem. I think that's a great way to go at life, that if we can look for ways to help people and to lift them up, then we'll be a success personally and professionally. And so in conclusion, these are hopefully these tools and tactics about public speaking and comparison can help you this week as you're reaching out and trying to help other people. But I know that you're really busy and it means a lot that you're here with us. So thank you for your time and we'll see you next week.